I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm your host, Cabbie Richards. Thanks for checking out the podcast. We are a few days removed from the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 47 in New Orleans, Louisiana. What a show. That was entertainment. I mean... With you know, and I'm going to include the power outage as part of the entertainment of the whole production because Twitter was off the charts. First of all, let me go back to the game. There were like 7,000 hours of pregame show on ESPN and the NFL Network. Of those 7,000 hours, I watched exactly zero just because I knew what was going on, what was going to happen. And I heard little snippets of some of the storylines. Deer antler spray has now entered into pop culture. Deer antler spray. But anyway, on game day, Alicia Keys sung the Star Spangled Banner in a beautiful red gown sitting on her piano in a record length of 2 minutes and 56 seconds. It was awesome. I'm one of the few people that doesn't really like the Marvin Gaye version from 1983. I believe he did that at the uh, NBA All-Star Game. I was, I'm not really that crazy about that version. This version, the Alicia Keys version, I'm crazy about. Then Beyonce, in all her glory, as the baddest chick on earth, shut down the southern United States during her brilliant halftime show. After her brilliant halftime show, it was that, that performance was a game changer as far as the staging, the art direction, the lighting. I, I could go on and on. It was unbelievable. And then there was the actual game, Super Bowl 47, the unlikely Baltimore Ravens and the unlikely Super, uh, San Francisco 49ers. No one at the beginning of the season or midway through the season had either, either of these teams pegged as favorites or even in the top five. Maybe the 49ers would have been in the top five in the NFL and, and were some sort of favorite to make it all the way to the final game. But that was an unbelievable game. With the exception of when the Packers uh, won the Super Bowl, the last, I don't know, 10 years have been unbelievable. There was that, that Steelers-Seahawks game wasn't that great, but I still think the Steelers over the Cardinals, that was the greatest Super Bowl game of all time. This one was very good. And the Patriots last year losing to the New York Giants was also very good. We will discuss that along with, the, with Justin Timberlake some Facebook stuff, dating, and one of my favorite comedians in the business is here in studio. He jumps on the mic right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. Hailing from Oshawa, Ontario, this man has been a staple in the Canadian comedy scene for the better part of a decade. 
After a cross-Canada comedy tour chasing manhood, his manhood is now in high demand. <laughs> now appearing in season two of Mr. D on CBC and the host of Match Game on the Comedy Network. The two smartest and funniest people, or funniest and smartest people that I know in my real life are Mike Kiss and my guest, Darren Rose. Welcome well, back to Cabby Presents. Thanks, man. It's nice to be here. That's a very nice intro. Well, That's... dude, I mean, those are all like truthful words. Like, you are all those things in my eyes. I don't know how the rest of the world sees you, do, though, dude. Yeah, yeah. If we could bring all of them around, that would be the best. <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, if on uh, Twitter it trends that I'm the smartest, funniest person everybody knows, <laughs> that would be ideal. We got to get we gotta get that somehow. I don't know. Um, yeah, it'll be hard to get going. You need, you need like, either, like, uh, a tweet from Gaga... <laughs> Kardashian, or maybe President Barack Obama, or right. like or the Biebs. I should hit him up. Obama, I feel is probably my like best chance. <laughs> is it crazy that he's the most accessible of those four <laughs> those people? Four, yeah, yeah. You might you maybe get to Car Kim Kardashian if you go to like an auction for like like Kanye sneakers. Maybe she might be one of his. Ooh, that's they, true. I just saw some online where his sneakers where like a signed pair of his Yeezy 2s went for 98 Gs. What? Nine, like those were more. Wow. You know what's crazier? You know what's crazy? Is those were like three times as much as the Back to the Future Nikes. That, right. Like, when they, I think they announced like a year and a half ago that they were wow. going to bring them out in 2015 and they had like an auction. A pair went for 35 grand. Wow. So the Kanye West like autographed Yeezys went for not, almost 100K. So they did jump over the jump, man. <laughs> yes, it wasn't just yeah. idle boasting. It was yeah. like <laughs> just really reporting did. facts. I don't know if you, did you hear the, um, I don't know if you listened to the Champs podcast with Neil Brennan, but he was talking about how on the Chappelle show, Neil Brennan's the co-creator of the Chappelle show, that he believes that Kanye West's first time on television was on the Chappelle show when he did the right. food with Common. Yeah, yeah, which is great. And he said Kanye West showed up like Kanye West. Like, even back then, he was kind of <laughs> like the backpack, the Louis, what was his line? The Louis Vuitton Don. Louis Vuitton Don, yeah, the, like, backpack rap or whatever. Yeah. But, like, Kanye's ego and his personality was as big back then when he wasn't, like, the Kanye West of 2013. Like, he, really? like the 07 Kanye was, still believed in his mind that he's a 2013 Kanye. There's a tremendous amount of, like, uh, of self-delusion, <laughs> but also confidence required to just try to pull that off, to just just uh, sort of create a self-image, and you'd be like, well, just give me five years of acting like this. <laughs> Not like only will you ridiculous. get used to it, but you'll start to respect it. Because he's still like going to Subway to get sandwiches and stuff. Right? Is he? Well, not now. Oh, okay. But okay. then, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's got like leather pants on and sunglasses you can't actually see out of, and just like, <laughs> uh, no, no green peppers, uh, extra lettuce. <laughs> you know how I do it, Chi-Town? <laughs> <laughs> It's very impressive. It, it is impressive. Like to have, uh, yeah, you're right. That self delusion or just that that blind confidence. Right. Like Lady Gaga was the same thing. Like when you when you see those old old pictures of her when she was in Greenwich Village with like an acoustic guitar, and she's just like a normal girl, and then you see as she like discovered that she should be a bigger and bigger and bigger person. But you see her at concerts. Like she played like Lilith Fair. Have you ever seen that tape? No. She Dude, like, what are you doing watching Lilith Fair? You don't have two X's in your chromosomes. <laughs> uh, I was going to defend myself by saying, no, no, I was looking at it because I saw a thing about Lady Gaga, which is <laughs> but, not a no, defense. That, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a feeble defense. I mean, uh, you know, there's lots of girls in bikinis at that show. 
<laughs> a lot of girls in bikinis who don't shave their armpits. That's, I, was, but, I was just about to go there. Uh, but she's wearing like she's wearing like a bikini with, uh, but all like all these like like studded belts wrapped around her, like like a little really low rent version of the person she wanted to be. But she didn't have the money to you know have like a crazy kind of thing. And she plays this show for you know there's ten thousand people there, none of whom are interested in what she's selling. Wow. And it's such a crazy thing because she's got to go up there dressed as a cartoon. Yeah. But like a budget cartoon. <laughs> and then think, don't worry, I'll get where I'm going. Like, whoa. Yeah, that's that's true. You got you really got to believe in yourself or just be on. Dude, I was or I was going to say just be on crazy drugs. I was just, okay, this is unrelated. But I said the word drugs, which brings me to I hope this story. is a story about you on crazy drugs. No, 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 no. <laughs> I went to, like, I went to, like, just this past weekend, I went to, like, a, we're out at a party and then go to, like, this girl's like, hey, come to this after party. I'm like, all right, fine. I like, as I oh, walk, I, I know you. you act like you're, I had you have your arm twisted. <laughs> ah, fine. I'll go to this after party. Fine. If there are girls there, uh, I don't really want to hang out with girls, but oh, if you man. insist. I wanted to go home and just watch all the episodes of House of Cards on Netflix, <laughs> but I guess I'll follow this cleavage fairy to wherever she's taking me. <laughs> so, I, like, I literally walk into this dude's crib. Right. And, the first girl I see, I introduce myself. She introduces herself. Then she's like, and I'm not even lying. She's like, do you have any Molly? So like, sorry, do you have any, for those who don't, do you have any MDMA? I'm like, I, and I turn around and look at RT. I'm like, this girl just asked me for Molly. I'm like, no, I don't have any Molly. I just got here. <laughs> like, what? Not not that I could, not that I could, uh, you know, uh, um, finish her request or whatever, or find some for her. But I was like, weird. Like, I just stepped in and I'm just, she's the first person I saw. And then that's what she's asking me for. I like that. It's like, well, how could I possibly have some? I just got here. Where's the Molly stand? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even have a drink yet. I don't even have my Molly backpack. <laughs> you know? So anyway, so uh, Darren Rose, uh, actor and comedian, um, what have, uh, what'd you do this past weekend? I told jokes. Where? At uh, Yuck Yucks in Mississauga. How did it go? Uh, it was fine, but I'm, I'm practicing. I'm going on tour with Just for Laughs in April. and then Oh, I'm, that's sick, dude. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then, uh, Is and that then, across Canada? No, I'm doing just Ontario with Just for Laughs, and then I do across Canada on my own tour where I'm doing my hour-long act. Wait, you're doing another tour? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, sorry. Please get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so I'm writing new material for that because I don't want the people who came to my show last year. Like me. Yeah, yeah. to go like, yeah, I heard these jokes already. <laughs> so I'm like writing furiously, so I'll go to Mississauga, and uh, so I'm, you know, the headline act, except I'm doing almost entirely new jokes, some of which I wrote that day. Oh, wow. Which is, I think, a terribly disappointing... Uh, show if you know you spend twenty dollars, you bring out your lady on a date, you get some food and stuff. You know you're a hundred bucks in, and then you're like, really new jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean they're not funny though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like my polished act. But you right. know, I was like, yeah, sorry guys. So you're so you're <laughs> like you're you're getting your you're taking a page out of Louis C.K. who's like does a new hour every year, mm. and he just like, and I I I think that he starts every not. When he does a new hour, he'll start with his closing joke for his new act. On. Right. Or so, so like, and just to like get it out there. But I, I know it's like other comedians like Louis C.K. is crazy because that the amount of work that takes and where you have to go in your mind to come up with this new material is like, it's so hard. It's like it's like if you're a baseball pitcher, like coming up with a new pitch every year. 
Like, hey, right. there's a version of the fastball, and there's a, a new version of the curveball, here's the, the, the knuckleball, the screwball. Like, you have to just come up with new stuff. Right, you just run out of ideas. Like, yeah. how many stories can I tell? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a hard thing. And, I mean, Louis C.K. is the best at it. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, usually they take a comic, if, even if you write really fast, take you like six months to put together 20 minutes. It's very nice. And he's doing 60 minutes in a year and and then continuously. Yeah. You know, usually you just write and you're like, oh, I put this new 20 in the middle of my act and then I'm good for two years and then I'll write <laughs> another six minutes in 2017. <laughs> Chris Rock said that it takes him, he does a special, I think, every three years to get 90 right. minutes. And that dude is like easily on Louis C.K.'s level and was there before, but like that's how difficult it is for Chris Rock to do. So Louis C.K. Right. is like one of the his... greatest of all time. Right, it takes right. three years to do what Louis C.K. does every year. Yeah. I, I remember a story you told me about um, Chris Rock, and this goes back to like, I want to say like 10 years ago that you just went to, did you go to New York by yourself when you saw Chris Rock at the Apollo? No, that's not my story. No, it's your story. I'm telling you. Okay, you told me that. You went to, or maybe, maybe I'm mixing you up with somebody else, <laughs> yeah. but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it came from you, Darren. It was, <clears throat> you went to see Chris Rock at the Apollo, and Ray Romano opened for Chris Rock. Oh, no, that's not my story. That's not you? No. I've been telling the story for friggin' like eight years that it was you. Oh, really? Oh, man. You, I hope in the story- You're I, a liar. I am best friends with Ray Romano and Chris Rock. <laughs> I hope in the story, like, and then you, I was in the green room. <laughs> And then Ray Romano was just like, hey, you got any Molly? And I was like, why do you always ask me that every time I see you, Ray? You got to calm down. <laughs> I swear that came from you, man. I thought that was because the, the point of the thing was Ray Romano just told wife and kids jokes and he killed. I thought that was I thought that was you. Uh, well, I know that story. I may have told that story, but that's I didn't experience. Oh, uh, okay, maybe that's and I just. But yeah, that's that's a I think like Ray Romano used to kill in front of Chris Rock, which is crazy. And uh, and also I probably used to talk about how like two of the all time killers at the Nubian Night at Yuck Yucks here in Toronto are Jerry D and Jason Rouse, who are both white. Who for, for you, know, you guys don't know who you guys know who Jerry D is. Obviously, you've seen him. On uh, CBC and stuff, Jason Rouse, who's like the dirtiest comic I've I've ever heard, the dirtiest, most objectionable comic on earth, and he's like he's like super death metal, like he's got like ice grills, uh, like uh, like like spacers in his ears, like thirty five like like ram skull like uh, uh, rings, uh, rings, rings, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so okay, so Nubian Night is like it's a staple of Toronto. It's every Sunday at the end of the month. There's a, the Yuck Yucks downtown. How many people sit in that? How many? Uh, I think 280. 280. So close to 300 people pack this room, and it's like it's not a very forgiving room. But if you win over the room, they'll love you, but it's a tough room. And Jerry D and Jason Rouse, I've never seen them in on Nubian Night, right. but I know they've, they're killers. Well, it's crazy to see people kill on Nubian Night because like guys are like slapping the walls. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and if you like really murdered, like you come off stage and there's like 280 people like doing like gunshots in the air. <laughs> like, well, that's really killing. That's way better than a standing ovation. <laughs> the 280 Thank you. It's uh, it's it's. We, I don't know why. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure why. But like, why we're so animated when we laugh. I'm one of those dudes. I <laughs> yeah, I slap right. my knee like when I go to parties and I'm feeling the music. I'm the dude slap banging on the wall. Right. Like I'm that guy. I'm just a rhino. But it's <laughs> a uh, rhino. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even sure why. That I don't know how we got that in our DNA. But we're very loud and, and abrasive and obnoxious. Um, but I guess to get that kind of response must be, I'm sure you've, have you, have you performed at Nubian Night? Uh, I haven't done Nubian Night. I've done other all black shows 
Uh, and Where? Uh, in, in the city? Yeah, in like North Toronto. Oh, okay. Um, this is a long time ago. Uh, but like did well and it's it's very exciting because it's just <laughs> yeah it's just so much more demonstrative than just a normal audience that's all kind of people like everyone just kind of looks at each other like we're gonna lose our shit if this is good right <laughs> it makes like a private deal in the parking lot to out freak out each other <laughs> like well that's the best so uh you're uh Excuse, so you're gonna you're going on tour just for laughs in April, and then you're doing your own. So what what's do you know the name of the new tour? Because I, I was I got to experience Chasing Manhood. I saw the last show in Toronto, which was awesome, and Thank I love you. the anecdotes about you about your your pops and your brother. Um, uh, Daryl is his real name, but you I've, I don't know him as Rodney. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I only call him Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a great show. So have, have you? Yeah. Do you have the name for the new one? And when will you start the new? Um, tour. Uh, the new one starts May third. I think it starts May third, and uh, and I go from Victoria to Charlottetown. Uh, but the tour name is called Still Chasing Manhood, which I called it that because I realized I wasn't going to write a whole new hour. So I'll take, you know, the like the top twenty minutes, twenty five minutes of the Chasing Manhood show, oh. and then add like thirty five minutes. So new. wait, you're not really getting your Louis C.K. on you, cheater. I'm getting like a half Louis C.K. on. <laughs> I'm getting get like, like a, a Louis C. <laughs> you get like a Louis. You get like, like a Louis, yeah. Like a yeah. Louis without the S. And, and also, like, the difference between, uh, one of the many, many differences between Louis C.K. and I is uh, when he goes on tour, he plays to, uh, you know, 5,000 people a night, 2,500 people a night. I do not. So I'm like, ah, wasted all these jokes. I'm going to throw them out. I'm like, I could show these to, like, 2,000 more people. <laughs> So I'll take so so the sort of the new half of uh, the show I'm going to do uh, is mostly taking aim at my mother this time. Oh, really? Yeah. Has she? Oh boy. How is she going to feel about that? Well, what happened was I in my normal act I never talk about my mom. It's all about my dad and my brother and uh, and sort of me fitting in with them and failing to do so. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but what happened was because your dad never listened to Nas. <laughs> <laughs> he would yeah he would never listen to Nas. Uh, is that a bridge in the gap? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and uh, so my mom years ago, I did a show and I told all these jokes about my mom, and uh, and she did not like it. Oh, really? Like, she, okay. She was, she was in the crowd to watch. She was it. in the crowd. She oh, was wow. there, and I thought, oh, how am I going to tell her that I wrote these? Make sure it's cool. And I'm like, I'll just do them all in front of her. And I did like ten minutes on my mom, and uh, and then. Uh, uh, and she was like, oh, you know, she didn't tell me directly. She phones my brother who then phones me like, listen, <laughs> mom doesn't want you to do jokes about her. And I was like, fine. So I did this whole act. But now, like, I'm on TV all the time. And my mom's friends, you know, see me on TV doing, telling jokes at Just for Laughs, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, huh? How come uh, he never mentions you? How come you're not? Oh. And so my mom goes to me like last uh, last year. She's like, you know, it would be okay if you, you know, if you wanted to write some jokes. <laughs> Mom wants a little attention. Mom wants a little yeah. love on TV. She now. wants a little shine now that yeah. her friends are watching. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah she does. So, uh, okay, so Still Chasing Manhood starts. What was the date on that again? It starts May 3rd. May so 3rd. The and whole then, month of May. So you're going, so this time, first time you went east to west. Now you're going west to east. Uh, actually, I don't even know the routing, but I play like Victoria, Vancouver, Whistler, Calgary, uh, 
uh, a couple places I'm not allowed to say. Sure. <laughs> Why? Because uh, just for last, put a little embargo on some of oh, my dates. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, I'm playing some of the same places, and they don't want people to not go to their show because they want to come to my show. Right, okay. So we had like a little agreed thing there. Jerks. And then, uh, and then I play uh, Montreal and Charlottetown. Okay. But there are some, but there, there, there may or may not be a date in the province of Saskatchewan or the province of Manitoba? Oh, no, no, it's just Ontario I'm not allowed to talk about. Oh, oh I play okay. Winnipeg. I play Winnipeg. Okay. But I don't uh, I don't play Saskatchewan. I, I tried. But they, I just couldn't find a room that was, like, available on the dates I needed. The, uh, sort of the Dude, go to a room. bingo hall. They they own that <laughs> culture, son. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Saskatchewan. You show up with a bucket of pierogies at the bingo <laughs> hall, like, I'm the king of Saskatchewan. And, you, and, and about a carton of smokes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and maybe even like uh, like a respirator because right. I'm sure those rooms just like it's instant cancer. Yeah, yeah. And also be sure to like just have your whole face in green and white for the Rough Riders. <laughs> yes, yes. People are crazy there. They really are, man. If like you go the- to a shoe store in Regina, they're like, they just have like the score of the last game posted on the wall and like, <laughs> it's crazy. Things that are unrelated. You go to the post office, like you want a jersey? Like, why, <laughs> why do you sell jerseys here? You go to Canadian Tire, you can buy a watermelon, which they put watermelon, they have watermelon helmets there. I don't know how it started, really? but in Is real life, but yeah, it's a thing in, in Saskatchewan where people wear watermelons on their heads as helmets. I'm not going to question the intelligence of the people <laughs> that live in Regina or in Saskatoon, but that is part of the culture of that part of Canada. Wow, that's that's another way to go. It really is. I'm, uh, I'm here with uh, Darren Rose um, and, uh, okay, so, um, you watched the Super Bowl. I did watch the Super Bowl. And I was reading your tweet. It's like, Twitter is like the greatest, Twitter's like the greatest room when any, in any big live event, whether it's the Oscars, the Grammys, the Super Bowl was unbelievable. Oh, uh, yeah. How did you experience the Super Bowl? And like, where were you and all that sort of thing? Oh, I was just watching it at my house because I don't know anything about football at all. And I was just You, like, lo- you just lost a lot of man points. I mean, I mean you, you you make them up because you're really funny, but uh, <laughs> but if you don't know anything about football, it's like it's like not knowing how to drive. All I know about is <laughs> chicks. <laughs> what an unlikable thing to say. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I know a little bit about football, and I know like the big storylines, and I know kind of the uh, the bigger teams and stuff like that. And I read Bill Simmons, so I know a lot about the Patriots. But, like, my knowledge of the Patriots wildly outstrips my knowledge of all the other teams in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, well, that that would happen just by reading friggin' Bill Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, like, just self-selecting, just one source of information. Like, I'm only going to know about the Rough Riders. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, but the, I mean, the, yeah, the Super Bowl's fun. I was just, like, tweeting along with it. Now, of course, the highlight of the Super Bowl was Beyonce. Oh, my gosh. And by the Super Bowl, I mean my life. <laughs> Oh my God! When she does that thing, where she looks at the camera, she like licks her finger and like oh drags it down her chest. Oh my God! And then like the the she starts just the silhouette for like thirty seconds, and the, like the smoke and the lights behind her, the hair blowing. It just looks so high. Just see the silhouette of her curves. I felt it's, like uh, like when we went to see The Matrix Reloaded. Do you remember that we all went? Yeah, yeah, uh, all, yeah. Uh, like nine of us or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like nine of us went, and it was like because the Matrix changed everything, and then the new movie was coming out, and we anticipated for like two years. Yes. And yes. I was sitting down, and I was sitting with uh, Henderson, our buddy, and I, and he looks at me, and goes, "I don't think we're ready for this." <laughs> That's how I felt when Beyonce was standing there in the silhouette. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna change everything I knew." 
Oh, yes, Henderson. That's awesome. I, I love when, when Beyonce, when she laid down, I'm like, what is, why is she laying down? And then it yeah. goes to the overhead shot, and then the screens are the stage. I'm like, this is unreal. It was crazy. When she laid down, I was like, why? To make my dreams come true? <laughs> it was so amazing. And, and also, then, what was that outfit she was wearing? I don't know. It was like it was like half like half leather, and then it was, and then like underneath you could see like there was some skin, but it was I, I read it was later, like a lacy portion. Yeah, it was like the, she, and I don't know. It was hot. Like I'd never seen that before. It's, and then she has like nine like nine inch heels, and she's doing all these moves. She drops down, just you know, does right. the the bootylicious shake. She had she her outfit was made of less fabric than my shoes are. <laughs> It was amazing. It was just like a V and lace and dreams. <laughs> How good did Kelly Rowland look, though? She was trying Kelly to Rowland. she was trying to upstage Beyonce. Like she looked, she, she was bad. Like she looked amazing. Kelly Rowland came out so strong. Yes, and it, and, it, and you made it made you go, wow, poor Michelle. Oh yeah, poor Ma- yeah Michelle. I was like, man, a gospel record, hey. <laughs> She looks like somebody who released a gospel record. Yes, because she hasn't been eating off the money. She from has that not been eating from that album. Like no album sales is directly related to her diet. Because <laughs> Michelle Williams is like eighty-seven pounds. That album maybe maybe moved eighty-seven units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got a dollar a unit. Yeah. She's like, can you just pay me in like uh, like canned beans? <laughs> I need to make it last. Man, that was, uh, and they, you know, they, I guess it was just, it was cool to see them on stage and, but like, they didn't even get, they just got like the melody of uh, independent women. They didn't even get like a, I know, like a half a verse of their own parts or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even remember the I whole I thought it would have been nice if Beyonce turned their mics on, but I mean, I guess she's only so giving. <laughs> That's you know? right. She's not, she's like, you can be on the TV, but no one can hear you. And Kelly was, Rollins is like, I'm going to look fierce. Oh man. And she succeeded. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Alicia Keys on the? Uh, on, did you get to see the Star Spangled Banner? No, I tuned in uh, exactly uh, like right after it ended, and they were like, "And that's Alicia Keys." And I was like, "What, uh, dude?" It was like three minutes long. Oh. It was it was impressive. She was Alicia Keys is amazing, although I do disagree with her new haircut. You don't like the short hair? Ah, it's too momish. You know, you make a good point. You know, you don't you, like. You, if you're Swiss Beats, like the day she came home with that, she's like, check out my hair. He's like, oh. <laughs> You could feel Swiss Beats go like, I'm probably going to cheat on you. <laughs> That's the I give up haircut. Just like, can you just take it like really short at the side so it's easy in the morning? All right, stop being convenient. Yeah, yeah. Did, it, did it make you, okay, so that, okay, it's funny you say that. Because that haircut reminds you that Alicia Keys is a mom. Beyonce didn't look like a mom at all. No, like Beyonce not, like obliterated the term MILF. Doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh man, it's, now it's just WILF, just, just yeah, a just, woman. Just the F. Yeah, it's, it's just the F. Just the F. Just the F. Um, so Alicia Keys did her Star Spangled, and, and like there are always these these prop bets, and it's usually about a minute. The the bet is whether or not the Star Spangled Banner will come under a minute and thirty five. Right. Kelly Clarkson a couple years, hers clocked at a dollar thirty minute thirty. Right. And. Um, I believe there was a, I can't remember, Natalie Cook, I think, did her Star Spangled Banner in like the mid-90s. Hers was like a minute 52. Alicia Keys was like 256, like just smashed that I like record. It. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 as you mentioned Swiss Beats. The dude was on the sideline wearing headphones, like wearing his headphones. I was like, you're at the friggin' Super Bowl, man. You know you're not listening to any friggin' music. I know you want to promote your friggin' your Does your he stupid... have a brand of headphones? Yeah, I think so. So embarrassing. It was, just, it was just like, come on, man. Are you 
Are you joking? Like somebody slapped that dude, man. Like how'd you get a pass to be on the field, man? I see, like there's a picture of of him and Alicia Keys, like, on, and then like afterwards she's in a golf cart being carted away, and he's got these dumb headphones. I'm like, we have to do better, man. Like you have to, like come on, man. You know it's not for the explosions when they score touchdowns. You're just trying to. Uh, I just want to punch him there. And also, he's probably like, what, like ten years too late on that. Because you really right. want to capitalize on your fame if you're going to sell a branded product. <laughs> you're right. Like, Swiss, like, no one would be talking about Swiss Beats if he wasn't married to like the one of the top five hottest women on earth. You're right. Like, if it was, uh, if it was O2, then yeah, uh, that we understand that. Yeah, yeah. The commerce behind that, but yeah, it's like 2013. Like everybody's trying, not everybody, but a few guys are trying with some level of success, I suppose, to get. New like, headphones to wear. The desire for people to copy in the in the hip hop branding game is so shocking. Agreed. Like like oh Jay's got a vodka. Oh uh, I'm gonna get a vodka. Right right. Like, like Diddy wants to get a vodka and yeah. then like you know Dre has headphones so then like they're like everyone else. Fifty was, Cent had head got yeah. fifth headphones and and I remember when was Jay the first to have sneakers like when he had the S Carters. Right and then Fifty got the sneakers right after that. Yeah the and then sneakers. and then Yeezy. As we were just talking about earlier, he has his own kicks. Yeah. And then 50 did vitamin water and, like, Cameron released Syrup. <laughs> How did that do, Cameron? How did that do, Killer Cam? Cameron has a, a garage full of cases of Syrup. <laughs> if you go to his house, he's like, hey, you want, like, a vodka and Syrup? No, I'm not really drinking. You want, you want like, Syrup in your tea? <laughs> just trying to get rid of it. Oddly enough, he has, like, a uh, storage, uh, like, a, a, tra- a storage trailer of just Rasta Monster as well. <laughs> I don't know how he got it, but he like he went in on that too because he's like, yo, Mark Wahlberg did Entourage. He's doing How to Make it in America. I'm in on that, son. I'm in on that. And all the product that was in How to Make it in America, Cameron now has in a store, storage locker somewhere. He also signed Saigon. So, <laughs> What happened to Saigon? I don't know. Well, it turns out maybe being an Entourage isn't the best cosign for a hip-hop artist. Dude, do you know that? Okay, that's fair. But do you know that Avion is an actual tequila? I've seen Avion in bars. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, I thought it was just a uh, like a, a made up uh, vodka. Like they make up all a bunch of stuff in TV right. shows. But it was a real. It's a real vodka. I haven't tried it, but I wonder if they made it up like after the fact. I, like, I don't know. I bet we could cash in on this. Yeah, well, it's not a bad idea. I mean, it was in a bar, so I'm presumably somebody's drinking it. Right. Just maybe not us. Maybe somebody out there, one of our listeners, some guy in friggin' Arizona, is like. Man, I'm I'm all over that, dude. Uh, yeah. That was stupid. That was a we should, dumb we should, voice. We should come. <laughs> <laughs> you did give your hypothetical listener like a really terrible. Oh, voice. man, I'm sorry for that guy in, in <laughs> Arizona. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> we should come up with a vodka. What um when the uh, when the super when the game blacked out, um, I imagine so. I, I imagine you were experiencing it similar to myself. I'm watching the game, but I'm on my phone. And I'm just going right. through Twitter and like right. I'm, I'm just, just on my iPad, just scrolling through. Like, right. Refresh, refresh. Yeah. And you you made a comment to me a long time ago. Um, I'm I'm here in studio with Darren Rose, uh, who can be seen in Mr. D and on uh, a Match Game on uh, the Comedy Network. But we were talking, and you made a comment about comedy and comedians, and you said um, the different there there are some people who are like in the kitchen funny, and then. Right. And that and being in the kitchen funny or in the living room funny is much different than being on stage funny. Right. And that was a that was an important distinction for me in my mind about funny. Now, when it, when Twitter's involved, it's like it's it's almost it's almost like this unwritten 
competition to see who could have the best line in the room. The room being on Twitter right. about the, said Yeah, event. the room is like the world. The, yeah, yeah, you're right. And and like there are so many amazing jokes about the, you know, about the the um, obviously the, the blackout. There were you know, right. and it just the, took like seconds. So how long? How long? If you can remember, did it take you to write your first joke or your first line about the blackout? Once the blackout happened, do you remember? Uh it took me too long to do a Bane joke. Oh, that Bane joke was amazing. The Bane joke was amazing. The, oh, I got, I got to look. I got to look for it. Um, and uh, well, I follow almost all comics, so my whole thing is just jokes. Like you follow like sports guys and all kinds of people. Yeah, yeah. I follow almost exclusively comics. So it happened, and then immediately it was like eleven Bane jokes. Oh, oh okay, yeah, like yeah. Everybody, because and also I follow a lot of nerds, like that intersection <laughs> of like nerds and comics. So they're like, I was born for this moment. <laughs> So you follow our, our friend Nigel Downer yes. on Twitter. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right <laughs> who's at the funny intersection and of nerd, nerd and jokes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Nigel is one of the only adults I know who still has action figures in the box in his room. <laughs> you go in his bedroom where he tries to have sex with women, and there's like a little like Captain America watching, and it's so embarrassing. I go in there, I'm like, hey, can I just throw my coat on your bed? Come on, man. <laughs> You bring girls in here, and he's like, "Yep, they don't mind." I'm like, they probably do. So uh, the the one the first Bane joke that I saw was by Will Leach, who I think who was a uh, one of the founders of Deadspin. He's mm-hmm. like, "Holy shit, you guys! Here comes Bane!" And like, I'm just gonna click on it now. That had five thousand retweets. And, right. And you you're you're really your your line, and I retweeted one of yours, which. I bet the 49ers wish this happened a minute and 38 seconds ago, which was a great line. I saw that and it made me laugh out loud. I'm like, and I couldn't get, I couldn't get like a good line out fast enough. It took me like three minutes and I was probably like two minutes and 30 seconds too late for my, right. I, my line was like about Beyonce shutting the power down, which right. is just like yeah, a, yeah. that's like a two out of 10 on the funny scale. <laughs> what, what I just, to nah, I just, be so I, self-critical. Yeah, I, I just, good line. I just yeah. wish it was, I wish it was funnier. But, but but it is a weird kind of like something like that happens and everyone goes I gotta say something mm-hmm. like it's a weird sort of impulse for you know two hundred thousand people to go I better get a joke out in the next thirty seconds yeah it really and it really is a competition like yeah and then you're you're, you're following and they're like oh that guy stole my we're well, not stole my line but oh, I wish I like you beat me there yeah beat yeah. me there yeah yeah, yeah. um so there uh, so what was it did you that was the your line right the uh, the minute, minute 30, and 38 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Because I was looking at the great. clock and it was like 13.22. And I was like, oh my God. With like, just like their whole world came apart. And then they're just like, oh, you guys deserve a break. So <laughs> so how many, was that the uh, is that the first football game you watched this year? Or in the past uh, few years? Like, Oh, not in the past few years. That's probably the first game I, I think probably the first game I watched this year. Like I'll start to finish. Or sometimes I'll watch like a half a game in a bar or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I'm not a big football guy. I'm way. Uh, I'm a big basketball guy, but football to me is like, I don't know what they're doing. Really, dude? Like, Come on, man. Like I don't understand. Like I mean, I understand the general principles involved, but I don't know. Like uh, I'm you know, firing myself as a friend of yours because I haven't because I haven't imparted the any sort of I don't want to say I, I dare say wisdom, but any. Of the you know the the nuances of the game of football that you should know. Well, I remember at one point when the announcers was like, "Oh yeah, the, as everybody knows, the Niners are going to run a drop two offense in the red zone here," <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know any of that." <laughs> and he started it with, "As everyone knows," <laughs> and I was like, "I need to get like it on a different channel." You know how they have like Spanish announcers yes, and Punjabi yes, announcers? Yeah. I need the like the junior football announcers. <laughs> 
that's not a bad call. Like, uh, not football for dummies, but, like, just, like, level one. Yeah, like, I could use a level one. Like, I don't understand, like, so, so, I mean, I understand the general principle. I understand how, like, the points work and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't know, like, different kinds of coverage for different types of offense and that sort of thing. Like, the uh, the sort of chess game bits of it. Yeah. Like, uh, like if you're it, Bill Belichick, like, I don't know what he's thinking, yeah. ever. No, none of us do, because he's wearing a hood, and he, just, he looks like he's having the most miserable time, but his team will be up 52-7. to seven. Here's what I think Bill Belichick is thinking. I hope my arms look good. All the time. <laughs> it's his only thought. It's crazy uh, that he's so successful as a coach that that's his only thought. But. You know you know what's also cool about Belichick is when he goes to Celtics games, I've been to two Celtics games where Bill Belichick has been at oh, in yeah? attendance with his dope wife or girlfriend. He gets so much love. Like, it, like I've seen a standing ovation. They just show Bill Belichick on the Jumbotron. They lose their minds for that dude. Really? In Boston. He's Absolutely. the Barack Obama of Boston. <laughs> he really is. Uh, okay, so in uh, New Orleans, uh, Justin Timberlake was um, performing at some party, and he did Suit and Tie, his new song with Jay-Z, and I think Questlove, Questlove was tweeting about it. His, uh, he's got his new record, 2020, comes out on March the 20th, and um, part of the album release is a documentary. Um, and actually, Beyonce is releasing a documentary, I believe, this month on so HBO. Excited. Will you watch the Beyonce one? <laughs> <laughs> you you said that like you like 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 with you. Like, will you watch that? Oh one yeah, with no, me? <laughs> no. It wasn't, you can. I, you know, two grown men on a couch watching Beyonce. There's nothing wrong with that. One of my okay. So one of like one of the more weirder experiences I've had with. I watched The Bachelor Canada, the first episode with another one of my boys, our boy Joel Ward. Two grown ass men eating popcorn out of the same bowl watching The Bachelor Canada. So watching Beyonce wouldn't be a stretch from The Bachelor. Right. Uh, two grown men uh, sharing that moment of hour of uh, gripping tel- television. Right. Well, in a 700 channel world, it's so hard to find something to watch. <laughs> and it's so hard to find good company these days. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So the, the Timberlake. Um, right. Uh, are you are you a fan of uh, the documentaries about musicians? You personally? Uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I think like uh, musicians have uh, an interesting story to tell for the most part, and I like that sort of come up story. I never watched the Justin Bieber one, but uh, like I, I like the. I heard that was great though. I did hear it was great, which shocked me. Jerry uh, Jerry D told me he was like, "It's really good." Nice. And I was like, "Oh, you, you're what?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like the Tribe Called Quest one, did you watch that one? Oh yes, yeah, so Beach Rhymes. Good. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was, I, yeah, that was that's a great one. That was great, and I just feel like um, this is less true now. But I remember when I was younger, you always just wanted to know more about musicians because you had such a small amount of information available to you. You just had the songs and whatever you could project from that song onto the person singing it. Right. Like, oh, he seems sad there, or like, oh, <laughs> she seems like maybe she wants to marry me, or like whatever. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? But you didn't have, you, you, there wasn't as much, you know, you could get magazines, but it wasn't like this unending stream of coverage that you have now. Uh, so, I mean, I, I like documentaries from that point of view where you get to see kind of what's what's their life like outside of that three and a half minutes that I really enjoy. Right. I think this one is kind of, uh, this one focuses on the making of this new record, which is like seven years since his last record, Future Sex hmm. Love Song, Love Sounds. Or love songs, love songs, either one, I can't remember. But though I, I really enjoy those types of documentaries where they're making a certain album, like the, you know, I, I it takes me back to uh, Jay Z's Fade to Black, 
Right. When you get to see Jay Z's process, he right. flies to L.A. be Rick Rubin when Rick Rubin's producing Nine Nine Problems, and then Mike D's just there. Right. And it's like it's amazing. And then Rick Rubin's talking about Jay Z's process and all that sort of thing. I would have loved to watch uh, uh, the uh, Watch the Throne. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think they did make a documentary about did they? it. Because I read a lot about it. I I don't I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's a ninety minute version. I saw a ten minute clip. Uh, on uh, like Vimeo or something and they just for no reason I was telling my girl the other day for no reason they just made the record in Australia no reason why would right. they do that because they're kings of earth right and they, they like the next record they're gonna make at the international space station yeah, yeah. like for, for <laughs> no reason or they're just making a Richard or Richard Branson's island in the middle of the Pacific right for no reason just rent the island for you know Six months. Yeah, they'll borrow James Cameron little uh, submarine there at the bottom of the Marianas <laughs> right. Trench. They're gonna go. Yeah, they're gonna go uh, make the record in Avatar, wherever <laughs> Avatar took place. <laughs> How many times a day do people say you look like Jason Sudeikis? I'm Constantly, here, it's crazy. I'm here with uh, uh, Darren Rose, dude. When you were in Los Angeles, did anybody mistake you for Sudeikis? Well, what I realized is people. People in America are friendly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I was just telling. Wait, my are you being sarcastic? You being serious? No, no, no I'm being uh, serious. Okay. I think people in America are, are generally friendly. Like, I, I feel Canadians are very nice, but they're more standoffish. Really? Than Americans. You don't think that's just here in Toronto? Oh, maybe that's just here. Yeah, certainly out east, Canadians are very nice. Uh, out west, no, out west they're a little bit standoffish. They're friendlier, like in bars. Like Calgary is very easy place to just talk to people. Right. Agree. Um, so, so it does change, but I think. Uh, I think Americans are just willing to engage with somebody. Like if you're in line to pay for something in America, the guy behind you will talk to you. <laughs> like they always just want to talk. They're always just like so. So I think they're uh, more likely to engage strangers. Uh, but um, I was telling my buddy, I'm like, oh my god, everyone here is so friendly. And I had just started going to the states. I didn't spend a lot of time there. And uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, people in LA, they're real friendly. And then we walked down the street, and he goes, oh no, I don't get that. And I realized everyone thinks I'm Jason Sudeikis because <laughs> I'm walking the streets of Hollywood, and why wouldn't it be Jason Sudeikis? <laughs> That's true. Like, we're at the Chateau Marmont having <laughs> drinks. It seems like a thing Jason Sudeikis might do. Too bad um, too bad Olivia Wilde hasn't confused you for Jason Sudeikis. I know. I'm spending a lot of time sort of loitering at... <laughs> where she might be. Where she might be. She'd be like, honey, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just make out. <laughs> I just had to come see you and... <laughs> Anyway, here, I brought this blanket. <laughs> Want to just jump in my rented Toyota and just go back to your place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a Corolla. <laughs> it's a Corolla. I borrowed it off of some... Anyway, those are all details. Yeah, why does my voice sound different? Too many questions. <laughs> Too many shirts. Let's just get back to the making out part. <laughs> so, uh, so, Darren, when you were in... Uh, you were in Las... The last, I think the last time I saw you were in L.A. Was it? Was it the oh, last... Oh, that might be the last time I saw... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to... We had the, at the Grove, we ate some, like... Some shawarmas or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're out there for uh, pilot season, and you're you know you're being seen by all these uh, cast casting directors, etc. What was that experience like, man? It's crazy. Pilot season is crazy. Uh, Norm McDonald says this great thing, which I always repeat. He said he had to go to the states because we don't have show business in Canada. <laughs> And we don't. They're just. Uh, I have the good fortune to have two jobs on television, uh, and still, way more people think I'm Jason Sudeikis, uh, and uh, and that and that's fine. But but uh, I mean, I'm hogging most of the jobs in Canada. Like, there's just not a lot of opportunities to be on uh, on television. Certainly not in the movies. Uh, so you go down there, and in Canada, I go auditioning all the time. I was going out like three times a day, four times a day to be the lead in a sitcom for like five, six weeks, 
Like it was crazy. It was just like a, like uh, I, I never encountered anything like it. How did you memorize all that text? Uh, with varying degrees of success. But you, you know, you sometimes ever, it wasn't good. Did you ever ever have a, like a really bad audition? I had a really bad audition. I did a a producer callback for the Mindy Project. You know that like show. Mindy- Mindy Kaling's show. Like her show? Her show. You auditioned for that show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was your worst audition? Oh, yeah. that sucks. It was terrible, and it was with Mindy Kaling. Oh, my. She was acting with you in the... in the. Uh, she wasn't acting with me. But she, she was, was in the watching room. me. Oh, no, and, uh, dude. And when you audition in L.A., the rooms are very small. Uh, like in Canada, you, you audition in like an auditorium, and the casting director and the guy reading with you is like 25 feet away from you. <laughs> in L.A., it's, uh, it's like the size of the room we're in right now. Which is like we're in a little radio studio. It's probably like like six by ten or something. Yeah. Um, and so I go into this room. It's the callbacks. I've already done one audition, and now it's the producers. But she's a producer of her show, so it's her and uh, and a guy who looked like he made an enormous amount of money. <laughs> and then, Chuck Lorre. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then um, the casting director who's reading with me and uh, and the camera guy. And we're all just crammed this space, and I'm sitting almost. I'm closer to Mindy Kaling than you and I are now. So, and we're sitting probably like, f- like three feet apart. Yeah, yeah. So we're almost touching knees. And I was like, and I love Mindy Kaling. I knew who Mindy Kaling was ten years ago. I wow. went to see her show. She wrote a play called Matt and Ben about how Ben Affleck and Matt Damon probably didn't write Goodwill Hunting. Wow. And I saw that play like 10 years ago or eight years ago or something. And I had read her book and I was like, so I go into this audition and it's my first audition with somebody famous. I have sat in waiting rooms with famous people, which is nerve wracking as well. But it's my first audition. And I know, and I'm like, just be cool about this. Don't like, don't be like, oh, the Richard book's so funny. And, <laughs> and, you know, I love Man Pen. Because it, it seems like you're begging for the job or something. Right. You try to curry favor. So I was like, all right, just try to be cool. I'll say hi to the casting director. Say hi to the really rich guy. And then uh, <laughs> I say hi to Mindy Kaling. And she's like, hi, how are you? And I was just like, it's a real pleasure. Aww. And then I just like held it like too long because I was trying not to go like, I really like you. So I'm just like, she's looking at me and I'm looking at her, but nothing's happening. And she's like, you got to let go of my hand. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm feeling the te- I'm feeling this in my body right now. It was now. so awful. And then, uh, and then you know, she's she just you're like, all right, yeah, it's nice to meet you too. Okay, and I was like, "Oh, how's it going?" And she just didn't answer, and I was like, "Oh God, this is over." But then I still have to do the audition. Oh man, dude, I'm I'm dying inside for you. It was right now. the worst. I was like, I, I didn't even look at her when I left. I was just like, "I just gotta go." This is so embarrassing. Oh, like, how did I, you know, it's just so like. I mean, you meet famous people all the time. Have you ever embarrassed yourself in front of, in front of somebody? Yeah. Well, yeah. One time, I spit gum into Steve Nash's lap. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was the most embarrassing. That I was hoping that the final word there was going to be mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the worst interview imaginable. You, oh my gosh! So he, what, he, what, would have, he would have license to punch me in the face if I did that. Oh, totally. Like for sure, you, you would be like, I'd be like, Steve, you know what? Give me one right in the nose. Yeah, yeah. You would take it, get up off the floor, and be like, Good note, Steve. <laughs> what did he do? You spit gum in his lap, and dude, and it landed like right in the center, like. <laughs> Like, remember, you know, remember like in like at carnivals and you, you know, whack-a-mole, you know, the, yeah, when yeah. The, the groundhogs come up like it it was like it was like it was like the gun was like right on the the groundhog's like head. <laughs> and oh, man, it was on the groundhog. Oh, you know, how, like, you know, how when you're really embarrassed, you just get hot. 
Like it starts yeah, from yeah, the yeah. neck, like your neck bone or your collarbone, <laughs> just flush all it. I was getting so hot. I'm like, I'm so, and then, and you know, he's looking, so he's look, he looks, he looks at me and then he looks down at his crotch <laughs> and he's looking at the gum just sitting like right there. And he looks back at me and he, and he, and he looks back at his pants. He's like, did you just spit gum <laughs> onto my crotch? And like every second feels like seven years, and it's I am dying. Uh, I am like emulsifying on the inside, and then there's the moment like, how am I going to get the gum out of his lap? Right, because because I can't just reach into his lap and grab you the can't. gum. Yeah, and I'm so I'm I'm wearing this stupid cowboy hat. And I'm and I'm well, trying. What's happening in the background of this story? <laughs> I mean, so quick background is I'm in Houston for the NBA All Star Game, and I'm doing a bit on why uh, Texas is considered the biggest state. Okay. So, or why why everything in Texas is considered right, the biggest? So, anyway, right. so I take off the hat. And I'm trying to swat the gum out of his lap, and I just keep hitting oh the, the whack a mole. <laughs> and it's like hundred points, two hundred points, three, and it's not freaking. I'm like, oh, this is awful, and like it's full like brim of the hat flush <laughs> boom boom <laughs> finally it, it ricochets and i just left the room i just left like it was just like you had it's hard to look a man in the face after you've given him a hat job <laughs> easily the most embarrassing moment of my professional oh my. career i hope that i never surpass that moment but it's the hitting it with the hat that's oh, so funny oh, just dude and, and it was it was like probably a good four or five swats at it Man, that was awful. I'm embarrassed just like hearing this. I wasn't even there. I'm just uh, and in the room, like you're okay. You're in your experience. Your room was like four or five people. The room there was like sixty people in that room, <laughs> including eleven other NBA like Western Conference All Stars. <laughs> Man, so yeah, that was. Uh, that but those was guys me. like they know who you are and stuff. Like well, Steve, Steve, Steve like... did. Yeah, Steve knew who I was, but it still doesn't excuse it. Like it's it's. Oh, a, I don't think it made him. You have to know a guy really well before you just like <laughs> no, nah, just give it another couple of whacks. And then we'll do the interview. <laughs> like you really, you got to know a guy for years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, that was my thing. So you were okay. So you're in Los Angeles uh, for a little bit auditioning, um, and uh, now you're on uh, you're on uh, Jerry D show, second year Jerry D show. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, it's called Mr. D on CBC, and you're doing uh, Match Game. What did the Jerry D project come first? And did you have to audition for that one? For Jerry, Jerry D's show. show, yeah, Mr. D, I had to audition for. We did like five rounds. Five auditions? auditions? Yeah. Holy crap, man! That's a lot. That's like usually it's like audition, call back, get the job. Yeah, yeah, and it was five rounds, and then I'd see like new people in each round, and then like a, uh, uh, and also I found out after the fact, after I got the job, Jerry was like, "Yeah, I really didn't want you." <laughs> Because he's crazy, and he'll just tell you what he thinks. Like, was he being serious? Oh, totally. So wait, the other producers were the ones that vouched for you? The one that ones yeah, that yeah. hired you? Or the, like- the, the, the head writer, the showrunner, uh, Brent Piaskowski, and then uh, the the CBC liked me. Those two people liked me. And then Jerry didn't. And, uh, and he told me. I don't know why. I don't know. To undermine my confidence after the fact, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, and then uh, ultimately, Jerry's wife convinced him. Really? Yeah. That- and I'll tell I'll tell. She's like... Uh, She's like, oh no, you should use him. He's like, ah, I don't, I don't want. She's like, no, the show needs somebody good looking. <laughs> and he was like, I'm right. He, she's like, no, 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 but like for young people. <laughs> another, another kick to the groin yeah. with metal boots. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would not tell that story except for it starts with the fact that Jerry didn't even want me on a show. So I feel like I have a little license to. <laughs> so you guys shoot it in uh, Nova Scotia over the summertime. Right, in Halifax. I, I, I love that, like, wait, do you get to, like, make out with any chicks? Because your character is, like, the fun, like, like I don't know which, which part of the, 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 in Freud's, um, uh, uh, oh, the id. It's I'm id. all you're, id. You're all yeah. id. Okay, yeah. You know where I was yeah. going with it. It's id, yeah. super ego, and ego. Yeah. The, the characterizations of our of our minds, I guess, or our, right. or our wants and desires, whatever the thing is. I'm not a very smart person, but you get to be all <laughs> id. Do you get to make out one of these tricks this, this season? I like the confession that you're not a smart person as you're discussing Freud. <laughs> anyway, let me just insert Freud into this TSN podcast. <laughs> anyway, I think it really goes back to Kierkegaard. When he, <laughs> not uh, Caligula? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> no, I, I, I think Caligula is my the model for my character. Oh, amazing. Where they're just like, how many people could Bill sleep with in a season? And uh, yeah, so I just make out with girls all the time. There's constantly uh, the season two opened. Wait, with, but with the one where you get where you bring the two girls back to the house, right. that's episode two or episode three, where it starts there. Right. Did you get to make out with those girls? Those girls I did not get to make out with. Uh, talk to the producers. I know, I know. But every episode, they just hire a new hot girl to hang off of me. Like uh, once uh, we shot the scene where uh, I'm laying on the couch with this girl, and the girl is just laying on me. She doesn't do anything. She just has to lay on my chest. And then Jerry's <laughs> like, hey, hey, get up. I got to talk to you. And then we go to another room and talk. And uh, and it's just, you know, a new girl. But they're kind of running out of girls in Halifax. <laughs> who, you know, just like small the town. hot girl on the show. Right. And uh, and because I'm using them two and three at a time, you know, it's not like, <laughs> like one scene where I dance with four girls at once. The uh, the bachelorette, scene? right at the bachelorette yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so they they uh, they call this this girl comes in and she shows up to set and they were like, no, no, you are 17 years old. No, was she actually? She lied about her age to oh, get the job. No. And they were like, no, you can't. We can't have like a 17 year old laying on a grown man in our CBC show. It's too. Wow. <laughs> So they just they had to send her home, and then they just phoned girls, and they're like, "Whoever gets here first gets the job." And so uh, this girl shows up, and then uh, and then like three seconds later, another girl shows up on a bike, come co- on, covered in paint. She was painting her house. Come and on, just jumps off her bike onto the set. She's like, "Did I make it?" They're like, "Oh, somebody beat you by like a minute." Oh my goodness! <laughs> but we have some varnish in the back. You can wipe yeah. off your face, yes. or not varnish, uh, paint remover, turpentine. Turpentine, yeah. yes. Yes, yeah, so just had to get back on her bike and go back. Oh my god! But we'll use you next. Time. We're gonna need. We're gonna need more. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna need more for sure. Yeah. So uh, it's a great job. Yeah, the producers are very kind to me. That's awesome. So uh, the uh, I love your, your. I've only seen the first three episodes of season two. I got so you, you, season four or sorry episode four aired last Wednesday, right? Oh, okay, right. I'm not sure if it's on three or four. I saw, you might be all caught up. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe, no, maybe the fourth. Maybe, maybe the, I the think, fourth, yeah. So it's, anyway, it's Wednesdays at nine. Or uh, Wednesdays, Wednesdays at, at eight. Excuse me. Wednesdays at eight on CBC. It's uh, Mr. D. Um, I love the line, the, uh, oh my gosh, it was the bachelor party scene. You had two where it made me, and I texted you about them. Oh, uh, bachelor parties are, are for regrets, right? <laughs> yeah. Are all and about then, regrets. All about regrets. And yeah. then the, the other one was like, this is your, is it like, this is your last chance, or or something. Right, like, last night of freedom. Last yeah. night of freedom. Yeah, they're just well played, just uh, like Thanks. really well done. I did. I did one of those. They didn't use the take, but I did one scene just doing Eskimo kisses to the girl the whole time. <laughs> so I'm on the phone, and this girl is not allowed to talk because you know there's like pay scale. You could 
paid a different amount. So she has to remain silent and not laugh. But she doesn't know I'm going to do this. I'm just talking. And then I'm just like, just like, just rubbing my nose on her nose and this talking, <laughs> doing my lines. And she's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I really that's, wish they'd use that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm with uh, Darren Rose in studio here. Um, okay, so speaking of like memorable lines, uh, Kristen Vig is uh, about to join the cast of Anchorman Two. Right. Which Big. is just huge. Yeah. Kristen Vig to me, it's like there's like there, the three funniest women in Hollywood to me start with Ellen and goes Tina Fey and then Kristen Vig. Even though Ellen, Tina, yes. Do you agree or disagree? I totally agree. I Do think you really? Ellen is the best talk show host. Yeah, uh, Ellen's like, amazing. People talk about like the late night talk show hosts and who should you know Jimmy Fallon's going to move and Jimmy Jimmy Fallon's going to move. Well, uh, move into Jay Leno's like he's going to take the Tonight Show when Jay uh, Leno's done. Okay, okay, yeah. And like you know Jimmy Kimmel went earlier and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, when is Ellen getting that job? Ellen's the best. Yeah, Ellen. Ellen is awesome. But but nobody. She dominates her like daytime. Oh right. I, just, I think yeah. She's probably and, the only I one. I think versus yeah. Doctor Phil or Doctor Oz. Right. That's yeah, it. I mean, because yeah. Oprah's on her own network, and nobody can friggin' find the network. So Ellen, just in that space, just murder, just killing it. Right. There's more people listening to your podcast right now than have watched Oprah's network combined. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, so Kristen Vig joins Anchorman too, and Anchorman, by many accounts, is I'd probably say in. Since old school, or perhaps it's surpassed old school as like the most quotable comedy of the last like 15 years. You agree or right. disagree? For me, when I go quotable comedies, yeah, for the last 15 years, yeah, because for me, it's still the big three, which is House Party, Goodwill Hunting, and Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Obviously, the big three that everyone agrees on. Nobody puts baby in the corner. I carried a watermelon. <laughs> So uh, I I I um you know what Anchorman has it's one of to me it's like one of the movies that just gr- has just grows on you mm-hmm. and then you like it's just so much funnier like after like the eighth or ninth viewing yeah totally totally but I wasn't really sold on it at the beginning I didn't like it the first time I saw it I was like why is everyone talking about this? I, I'm I'm totally with you I was more like old school killed it. Uh, uh, right. Wedding Crashers was funnier. Yeah, yeah. And it, but I don't. I think I quote old school more than Wedding Crashers. But but I don't quote Anchorman myself. But I know a lot of people do. Like people, that's the one. Yeah, love that movie. People quote that movie like they quote The Big Lebowski. See, that's okay, man, dude. I, I now I know. I, I that just reconfirms reaffirms why you're one of my friends. <laughs> Big Lebowski right. to me, that is my favorite comedy of all time. Oh is yeah, the, is The Big Lebowski. Right. That's that's just. It's just pure genius from start to finish, um, and I'm yeah. and I, I'm th- the line I'm thinking of I can't really say, and it's about the Jesus. Hey man, when he's talking to uh, he's talking to John uh, John Goodman. Hey man, I heard you pulled out a gun last week. <laughs> you try that on me, I'll snatch it out of your hand, <laughs> shove it up your uh, and pull the trigger till the gun goes click. Like in the way that Totoro does it, so awesome. Anyway, Totoro's amazing. Up. Hold on, you can't swear on this podcast. Um, I try I not to. I like 30 times. No, you sworn once. Oh, oh, you counted. Yeah, but right. we, we won't even hear that part. Oh, did they beep it out? Or that part's getting edited out? No, it won't get edited out, but they just won't hear it. It'll just be like a, it'll sound like a blip. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta write that moment down so my guy Lawrence can, uh, can edit that one out. Oh, that, you're making notes about what I swear. You're like, oh, this, this part of the podcast is garbage. <laughs> no. Cut this out. No, it's just, it just when the, just when the cusses come in. <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, Kristen Vig, what do you think? Um, what? Okay, what? What's the movie that you quote most often? If you quote movies, um, 
I don't quote movies that often. Although when I said house party, that's kind of genuine. Dude, what, like the drag? Like what do you quote? Yeah, from yeah, house party? Dra- drag. Ew, dragon breath. <laughs> uh, my friends and I will still say this. Like if uh, if you're talking to a girl you don't want to talk to, my friends and I will still say, "Yo, Bilal, switch again." <laughs> Which oh, like, that's I haven't seen that movie in so long, but it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I've seen that movie probably 60 times. Is that, is that the comedy you've seen the most, you think? That is probably the comedy I've seen the most because I had it on VHS when I was in high school, and I would just watch it every day because we only had like two VHSs. <laughs> so it's either that or I'd watch The Professional, which is probably the movie I've seen second most. <laughs> nice. It's a great movie. Yeah. That's funny. Like VH, I, There's a whole generation of people that will don't know what VHSs are. Oh, yeah, totally. I, And I, I probably still have, like, 80 at my crib. Do you have any of your really? VHSs still? No. I Well, I just moved in October, so I threw out, uh, like, I had cassette tapes. Did you throw those out? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. You threw out Nozomatic? I did. No, you didn't, did you? <laughs> I know you probably have it on CD or now, like, in yeah, a Yeah, yeah, well, I have it on my form. computer, yeah, yeah. But I remember, remember when we went to we went to Cleveland, yes. and Henderson drove, and Nigel from Second City was there as well, and uh, and I brought he had a, a cassette player, in it. <laughs> so I brought like a plastic bag of cassette That's tapes. Right. That's right, and one of them was and this was in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, like, we this went, wasn't like a long time ago. We went in uh, two thousand three. Is when we went to Cleveland <laughs> for the first time, and you called it Cleveland. Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland, yeah, which I got from Howard the Duck, <laughs> which is a horrendous. My friend who's just said he watched it with his nephews and he goes, "That movie does not hold up." It was awful, <laughs> and comedies rarely do, and that one certainly isn't. Right, you that would if you had that on VHS, I wouldn't say anything about you torching that movie. Right, throwing that out. <laughs> What's your VHS movie that you hold on to that you're like, no, this one, this one is precious. Wow, um, I'm trying to picture my my wall, my rack there. I um. Well, I guess you're not really going through them on a regular basis. Like, no, which one shall I watch tonight? You know, I watched recently, but it doesn't hold up. Was nothing to lose with Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins. Just a, it's just a random. Oh, right, where they're robbers. The yeah, with yeah, and yeah. it's awful. Like, it, is it, it really? And the movie's like an hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> but there, there's like one the scene that I love is like when uh, Giancarlo Esposito and uh, the guy who played who was who was like the jerk doctor in Scrubs. Is it? Oh, uh, JT, not J, what was that actor's name? He's, I can picture him, but I don't know. John his name. C. McGinley, I think. JT McGinley? Jeez. John, uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, those two guys were the the villains in Nothing to Lose, and, and Martin Lawrence pulls out a gun. He's like, back the flip up. And then the, the other two guys pull out their guns, and Martin just throws his away. He's like, ha ha ha. I'm just kidding. Uh, what y'all doing tonight? Like, someone just plays it off. It's, anyway, that's the only moment that like stands from that. That uh, movie, but VHS tapes. I think like I have Ace Ventura on VHS, which oh, right. I still I still have it. I mean, I am like probably like one. There are probably like eight hundred people in Canada that still have VHS players. Right. And of those eight hundred, I'd say six eighty live in retirement homes. <laughs> right. So I, for some reason, I'm holding on to like I'm holding on to VHS tapes. I'm holding on to this BlackBerry I still use. <laughs> like I'm holding on to dead technology. Basically, is what I'm saying. I feel like we're like a year away from you know how people listen to vinyl now because it's retro and cool. Right. Like once VHS has disappeared completely and it's impossible, like you don't even see it in people's houses anymore. Then it'll be like a hipster thing to be like, no, I only watch VHS. <laughs> it's more legit. <laughs> I only tape my shows on, you know, VHS. Yeah, it's my like, timer. You, you can't skip. You know, you have to experience it as the artist wanted you to. Anyway, let's watch Nature Calls, Ace Ventura 2. <laughs> my last, uh, our last uh, bit of convo. Oh, wait, tell me about um, about Match Game. All right. 
So like, okay, so you have to do this thing every day, and is any of it scripted, or you just show up and you guys? We just well, show other, up. Than, other than the questions. The questions are scripted. Everything else is just off the cuff, and it's like wrangling cats. It's uh, it's. It's and, you, and Deb, and uh, me, Deb Sean, Giovanni, sorry. and Sean Cullen, yeah. uh, who are both so hilarious. It's crazy. And then four other panelists who are all comics. So, like, Jeanine Garofalo was on, and um, uh, Colin Mockery, Jeremy Hotz, uh, D.L. Hughley was on. Wow. Uh, yeah, there was a ton of people. Uh, Event Nicole Brown from Community. Cool. Uh, so there's, like, tons of people on it, uh, real funny people, but they just all want to yell jokes all the time, and they're drunk. Oh, so, right. <laughs> it's so hard. It's like... And we shoot live to tape. So oh, has, so you have to like hit your marks. Like there's, you, you, yeah. Yeah, like there's segments, like there's a, there's always a person off camera counting down how long is left before we got to go to commercial. And sometimes it'll be like, oh, there's 30 seconds, but we're only like halfway through the game. Oh my god! Or like that segment. And uh, yeah, so it's really, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, people are hammered. That part's fun. <laughs> people, because we, we shoot five in a day. In and, one, oh my gosh, that's yeah. a long day for you, no? And your uh, energy, like, how do you... Yeah, that's hard. So we shoot three in the afternoon, and then we eat dinner, and then we shoot two at night. And uh, it is hard to, like, because you got to also not refer to things that happened that day, because they'll air, like, six weeks apart. Oh, of course. Because right. they'd air it all out of order. So you just, you record one, everyone changes their clothes, and you record another one, uh, and then they air uh, on different days. You know, it's not all, like, in a row or anything. Uh, but after the, when we come back from dinner... And we go to shoot the fourth one. The producers come over to the panel with a bottle of vodka and six glasses. So if you go like behind, like if you took the camera behind the desk that was sort of sitting behind, there's just beers and <laughs> mixed drink glasses, like like four fingers of vodka, just straight. <laughs> and this could be you guys could tape on a, like a Monday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then, you're and- on a Monday. People are just a terrible. Some people got problematically drunk. <laughs> I don't want to say the names Ryan Belleville or Niles again, but those two guys specifically got really hammered where I had to like look at them just like, what? Come on. What are you? Get your head in the game Dude, here. Lock we're, it up. Like we're lock still on up. TV. Ryan Bell from, he's from Winnipeg, isn't he? Uh, Ryan Belleville's from Calgary. From Calgary. Yeah. He's I, real funny and he's just got, he's got a show coming up on CTV that got picked up called oh, Satisfaction. Nice. Nice. I, 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 Ryan Belva and I worked on a commercial a long time ago on oh, a Panasonic really? commercial where we're like on a road trip and we stop at this gas station mm-hmm. and then this uh, little person jumps out of this like newspaper box. Oh, I remember that commercial. And, yeah. And he has like a camcorder and like I'm, I'm like getting chips. Yeah. I'm the guy who goes into the gas station, get chips, and then he freaks me out and I fall and I throw the chips everywhere and stuff. And my buddies in the commercial are laughing and Ryan Belva was one of those guys. That's why, and you know, I don't think I've seen him since that. And I think we re- we did that commercial, and actually Kevin Smith directed that commercial. I think that was in like '03 or '04. It was a long time ago, but it was That's cool. Crazy. It was a cool. Kevin little, Smith directed it, right? Yeah, That's yeah it was cool. A, it was a cool, uh, cool little experience. I remember being wildly impressed by that because at the time I had a signed Kevin Smith Dogma poster, nice, the UK version in my like hanging a frame oh, nice. my, in my apartment. And you're like, yeah, Kevin Smith directed. I'm like, what? Your your life is perfect. <laughs> And then you smashed me in like NBA 2K2 at the time. Right? <laughs> we had that we had that that Xbox tournament at your place way back when. Uh, I'm on the I'm in studio here with uh, Darren Rose of uh, you can see him on uh, Mr. D on CBC or you can watch him on uh, Match Game on the Comedy Network and he has a concert. Oh, excuse me, Just for Last uh, comedy tour in April. In April. And then his own comedy tour Still Chasing Manhood which starts May 3rd. You can go to darrenrose.com. The new website looks awesome. Oh, thanks man. Uh very well. Done. I like the font, the Darren Rose and then the, the you're like in your grown man 
your grown man fits now before was sorry your grown man outfit now which is like the right the the, the jacket and the shirt because before it was like you're wearing like a punisher t-shirt in some of your right. in some of your press <laughs> my old headshots i just wore a punisher t-shirt <laughs> now you're you've evolved and you're a grown man when are you gonna shave the beard i know it's part of your signature but dude like and you're lucky that you have a young face but uh, like right stop trying to age yourself dude <laughs> like you don't need to look not well, that you do but you don't need to look 42 as you're like 32 Right. Well, yeah, because well, I used to look, like, really young. Like, I haven't shaved in nine years. Holy crap. Wow. Uh, and, I don't uh, even remember what you look like clean-shaven. I met you when you were clean-shaven, I that's think. That's true. Yeah, yeah, we met when I was clean-shaven, but I think, like, I grew my beard in... I grew my beard, like, 11 years ago, but then I shaved once and then grew it back immediately. But, like, so, like, 11 <laughs> years I've had a beard. Uh, yeah, and it... And then there's been like two cycles of beards being trendy since I've had a beard. <laughs> right. That's how I've had it. But, uh, but also, yeah, I do have a very young face. I used to say I looked 14, but that was 11 years ago when I was younger. <laughs> you know, you still look the same age. You haven't. Yeah. You, and, you and Tom Cruise haven't have not aged. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, like when when you know I go for an audition, they're like, oh, we're looking for someone younger. Oh, and then I'll shave it off. I'm like, look at me, I'm five years younger. <laughs> I don't know. I have no plans though. It's it's part of who I am. Uh, okay. All I right. feel like what if I shave it off and I'm not funny anymore? Then, well, then you better grow that that mother bleeper back in about twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll get you out on this. I was just reading this thing on Mashable. There was this um, uh, uh, survey on Match dot com uh, about digital da- uh, dating, and right. five thousand single and married people were asked about their dating habits. And uh, the two two things that jumped out at me that I want to ask you about is uh forty eight percent of the single women do their research on a potential partner on Facebook, whereas 38% of men do. And the interesting thing about that, because men would prefer to, you know, find out about things in person with the, okay, with right. the girl, you know, or, or persons uh, sitting across from them. Um, but nearly half of the single men think that researching a person before the date is unacceptable. But okay. most women do that, and then Facebook is like their tool right. for researching a person uh, before they go on a date with them, uh, have you ever researched a date? And would you, if someone was trying to set you up with like, I mean, I, I can't remember, I don't know what your situation, but in in the 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 dating era of your life, right, right, uh, yeah, I have a lady now. Okay, the dating era of your life, and is it the same girl? Yeah, 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 she's yeah. dope as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so okay, if someone was gonna set you up with their friend Catherine, let's say, or whatever, right. Um, and they gave you her name, would you go check her out on totally. the Totally. I used but, to do that all the time. But would you check her out to see, like, just to see photos of her? Like, she's hot? Like, yeah, I'll go. Or would you check her out to see, like, what she's about? Uh, I would check out first photos to see if she was hot. Right. But then second, like, some sense of, like, is she a crazy person? How many pictures of cats? Is yeah, is it something? all cats or is it all pictures of her meals or are all her posts about just like weird things I would never want to talk to a person about? Mm. You know, or is she just like, you know, I'm really, I, I knit, <laughs> you know, and there's like little videos of like different knit, knitting. Th- I'll be like, <laughs> oh, I don't think this is the girl for me. But but like uh, I'm mostly searching for hotness and red flags. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, 42% of men that have sexted, okay, right. sent pictures of themselves would not be offended if the pic was shared compared to 87% of women that have sexted, sexted sent photos of themselves to men would be offended right. if their pic was shared. Now, in the dating era of Darren Rose, how 
often would you show your buddies photos of girls that have sent you pictures of themselves? Well, I'll say this. The reason guys are not offended and girls are offended is because guys never have their face in that pic. And girls always have their face in that pic. You don't want your, you know, I would never, like, I I don't think girls get anything out of it if you're just like, mm, here's a picture of my dick. <laughs> girls, are, <laughs> girls are not interested in that. Yeah, you better mark that one down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so like, uh, so I would never do that, but I just feel like when girls send a pic, the face is going to be, you don't want that to be on like girlfriends.com or whatever. Yeah. Or the chive. But I think girls, I think they're smarter now though. They don't, they, when they do selfies. Right. They don't, they don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're less likely to put their face, but it's, 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 uh, I think it's just, I don't know what the percentage is or how many more times a woman would send a picture of herself than a guy would. I, it's probably something like 12 to one or 15 to one. Uh, I would o- to- I would only show it if it was uh, either a a person I hated, <laughs> or b a person who I didn't know who was just like, hey, check out some pictures of me. <laughs> so like an ex girlfriend, you would share. Uh, do you hate no. it? Do you do you hating your ex girlfriends? Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> actually, no. I don't think I would share. I don't think I would. Maybe just like anonymous. Like when you know, sometimes probably just girls just send you like pictures, right? Me personally, yeah. No, I mean, not. girls like you don't know, just like who, just like, hey, you're on TV. No, no, I don't get, I don't get that. I'm not like a star. Like I'm not, you know. Really? Like, no, I don't get just randoms sending me photos of themselves. I have to like at least know the person so they have my phone number, and then, uh, and then, right. May, and maybe I would ask for one. Right. <laughs> Full disclosure. I, I think that's what you call line three in a conversation. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cab. Here's my phone number. Can you send me a pic to this number? My game is not refined. <laughs> it's logical, though. Right. It's uh, Hey, yeah. listen, I want us to just skip a bunch of steps. Just yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised how often it works. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, it's quite a science. It's shockingly effective. Well, you know what's funny about my career is uh, when I started, everyone called me Darren Jones. Really? And, yeah. Because Darren Jones, big guy. You know, he was on The Buzz. He was on MTV. And uh, uh, so everyone called me Darren Jones. And then everyone called me that guy from SNL. And then they called me Jason Sudeikis. So it's just, I'm hoping one day to have my own identity. <laughs> I think I think you're close to that point. I think you're close. Well, one day we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if Jason Sudeikis keeps getting more and more famous. It's like it's like it's like chasing a moving target. You know, <laughs> I need him to like bottom out. Wasn't there a time that you guys almost met? Yes, uh, I did a show that he co-hosts in New York, where it's a weird kind of show where comics go on stage and the co-hosts sit on stage and interact with the comic. So you kind of do a bit, and then they'll ask you about it, talk to you about it, or interject a joke and stuff. Uh, and I just happened to do it on a week he wasn't there. Oh, man. And so the other guy was like, next time you're in town, we're doing it, and we'll bring you both out at once. And then, Are you, you know, going to New York sometime soon? Uh, I have no plans. I'd feel silly to go there just to do that. Why? <laughs> That'd be awesome. You get to exchange wits with him. I'm sure you guys would just kill it. It would be... Yeah. Or- it's crazy. I've been... Um, uh, just for last this year... Uh, I met uh, Jay Farrell was there. Oh, nice. Well, Bill Hader interviewed me, and he's like, you know you look like uh, Jason, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> but not usually from guys who know him. Right, exactly. And then Jay Farrell was like, yo, man, you know, you you look like Sudeikis, man. You, you know, like, all right, no homo? And I was like, what's going to come next? <laughs> he's like, you know, you're like a, like a more Hollywood Jason Sudeikis. And I was like, that's the best thing anyone's ever said to me. Also, why did you say no homo? (laughs) 
Oh, that's awesome. Where did you meet these guys? Oh, you said sorry, just for last. When it was in Montreal or when it was in here? In Montreal, yeah. So Bill Hader did a thing when, uh, uh, so I did like a, a big gala set, so it's on TV. And when you come off stage, uh, it gets intercut with Bill Hader interviews the people. Oh, cool. Uh, so that was fun. And he's so funny. It was crazy. I was just like a spectator. That's like awesome. he's ostensibly interviewing me, and he'd ask me something, and I'd be like, what do you think? And then he'd just tell jokes for like six minutes, and oh, I'd laugh. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And then uh, Jay Farrow and I were on the same show at, uh, at like a club, and they just, they were just sitting in the green room, and I was eating poutine and just, you know, hanging out and talking <laughs> to all the comics, so. Was he doing any impression? He's a great impressionist. His Denzel and his Barack are pretty good. His yeah. Denzel's great. His Will Smith's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I like about Jay. Is he does guys no one else is doing. When, right, right. Have you ever seen anybody do a Will Smith impression that's before? That's true. That's Never. true. A Lil Wayne impression? Nope. Ari <laughs> Spears used to have a bunch. That's true. Yeah, he used to do like DMX and Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but Jay Farrell's is, is really strong. Mm-hmm. And certainly, and Ari Spears was a Mad TV guy. And, and Jay Farrell's on, on uh, Saturday Night Live. And maybe someday we'll see you there, Darren. Maybe someday they'll need a new Sudeikis. <laughs> they'll need a new guy with a beard. Yeah, <laughs> and Sudeikis doesn't even have a beard, right? He doesn't. he doesn't. He did at one point, but he doesn't for a very short time. Yeah, yeah. But still, it was enough to pe- for people to go like, "You guys are the same." <laughs> I saw this one picture of him seven years ago. You guys are the same. You can corner the market on dudes with beards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Darren Rose, DarrenRose.com on Twitter's at Darren Rose. Yeah. Are you um, are you on Instagram also? I am not. Okay. So just you Are can- Are you? Yeah. I gotta get on I'm that. that, but I'm annoying on Instagram. Like, I put fo- food pics. Do you really? Yeah. Fat guys love food. So, <laughs> I just, you know- I, I just, would love it if you put food pics, but it was all like, like, like pictures of your, like, your, like your my chest shirts? in your lap. <laughs> all the crumbs and yeah, the yeah. stains. <laughs> just like a, like a part of a sandwich, and you're like, no, oh, this fell. I may. I should just take a picture of my bed, because that's usually where I- <laughs> in, my, in my own misery, that's where I- Eating, and it's like popcorn kernels and like crumbs Lasagna. of yeah crumbs of like Doritos. Because at one time I woke up with like part of my face in like a half-eaten piece of pizza. Oh man! And there that's were, how like, you know you had were, a like, good tears. night the night before. Oh man! I just my life. I just I'm seeing I've seen better days. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm pleased to have uh, Darren Rose here with me in studio. You can catch him every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on CBC in a show called Mr. D. And Match Game on the Comedy Network is on all the time. All the time. It's on every day at 7 and then I think every 40 minutes after that (laughs) on a loop. And, of course, you can check out his his tour dates on DarrenRose.com. He'll be doing a Just for Last festival here in, in Ontario in uh in march and then his oh, excuse me in april in april yeah. in april and then still chasing manhood begins may 3rd in uh in victoria in victoria in, in victoria so you guys can uh, check that out hopefully we'll have him back uh before he goes on tour and i'll be uh i'll be the loud obnoxious banging on the chairs my knee <laughs> when you have a, a a show in toronto or maybe we'll intersect somewhere on the road but um thanks for being back here man Thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. 